Namaste, my friends. Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. The Harmony Inspired Health Podcast brings you raw and real conversations from leaders in the industry about all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and life. My name is Harmony, and I am your podcast host. I am an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner who specializes in women's hormonal health, a registered nurse, and a business mentor. I'm on a mission to inspire, educate, and empower women to take charge of their health, wealth, and life. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much from my soul to yours. Before we jump into this soulful episode, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my accredited program, Ayurveda Alchemist. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda holistic health coach. Ayurveda Alchemist is for women who are ready to embark on an epic personal development journey, immersing themselves in the wisdom of Ayurveda, learning how to optimize their health and well-being by addressing all aspects of self, including their physical body, mental and emotional health and spirituality, whilst wholeheartedly stepping into their dharma, their purpose. This program is also for women who would love to get started with a fulfilling career in Ayurveda and for already established health, wellness and life coaches who want to create greater impact by offering a holistic framework that gets their clients exceptional and holistic results. This certification is what you need to step into the high-level practitioner that you were born to be and stand out from the coaching crowd. You will experience undeniable growth personally and professionally. You will be mentored by highly qualified facilitators, guest experts, and practitioners. Spots are strictly limited. If you are ready to up-level your life and help transform the lives of others by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, head over to www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au and apply today. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome. Welcome everybody in the Ayurveda and Women's Health Sisterhood. And if you're not in there, make sure that you come and join us in this beautiful community. It's totally free and we are able to continue these conversations on way after the podcast episode finishes. So please jump in. If you're listening via podcast, welcome and thank you for being here. Today, we have a wonderful episode for you, and it's all about how to, how, how to build that self-confidence and how to really move past the trauma and awaken the leader within. And we have a beautiful, wonderful speaker coming in to share her insights and drawing her wisdom from the Tao. So I'm, I'm loving how this is all going to link up. It's going to be such an amazing conversation. 
And our beautiful, beautiful guest speaker is Sheena Yap Chan, and she's a keynote speaker, a podcaster, a consultant, and an author on building self-confidence. And self-confidence, it's so important because I think this is one of those like elephant in the room type of situations where a lot of women are, are suffering from this, and it's really stopping them from stepping into their higher self. So can't wait to bring this conversation to you all. Sheena currently inspires women through her award-winning podcast called The Tao of Self-Confidence, where she interviews Asian women about their journey to self-confidence. I was talking to Sheena before we hit record, and although she niches within helping Asian women with their self-confidence, this, this conversation is for all women. So whether you're an Asian woman, an Indian woman, an American, an Australian, an Iraqi, this is for everybody, whoever you are. Her mission is to help women boost their confidence, to live their authentic selves, and to help Asian women create a voice in the world and create stronger representations for Asian women. Sheena has been featured on the Mind Valley, um, Celsius Marketing in Asia, Manila Times, and many more. She's also the top 100 Filipinos to follow on LinkedIn for inspiration and learning in 2020. And she is the co-author of the international best-selling book, Asian Women Who Boss Up. So Sheena has quite an impressive bio. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Harmony. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's such an honor to be here today to talk about, you know, self-confidence, especially because, you know, as women, we do um, suffer a lot of self-confidence issues. And because of that, we actually have a huge gap, a huge self-confidence gap from men. So, um, you know, it's important to to um, dismantle that gap so we can start getting, you know, we can be seen as leaders. We can be seen as, um, you know, in high positions or be taken seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get started, I always jump in with my rapid inspiration questions first. So there's just three okay. questions. <laughs> Are you able to inspire us with what your superpower is? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I guess my superpowers now is just being able to speak my truth. You know, growing up as an Asian woman, it's not easy when you're told to live one way of life. You know, you're basically told to go to school, get a job, get married, never rock the boat. So anything outside of that, it's deemed crazy or shameful. And so, and then I know in most, in most cultures that happens, especially for women, you know, we're told to not be so showy, not to put ourselves out there, not to promote yourselves. But like, if you're an entrepreneur, how are you going to promote your, how are you going to make money, right? How are you going to get your products and services out there? So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking your truth is such a beautiful and wonderful superpower to have. And I wish more women would really embrace that superpower because we all have it. It's just about being able to access that, which I'm sure you're going to help us do throughout this um, episode today. So my question, second question for you is what or who is inspiring you at the moment? For me, uh, Michelle Yeoh has been a really great inspiration, especially after watching Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's one of my favorite movies you know, she plays an ordinary immigrant Asian woman who became the lead role and and the heroine in the movie, right? Which is huge because there's never a storyline about that, especially in in Hollywood. Um, and then being able to break all those barriers, winning the Oscars, winning the Golden Globes, being the first Asian woman to win Best Actress. I mean, that is huge because you know, for so long, 
Hollywood has whitewashed our characters. Um, and now here's someone who's actually playing that role that that does that someone deserves, right? Um, and then seeing what's possible, not realizing she's been in the in Hollywood for over four decades. And some people, you know, don't understand like sometimes it can be a long road, right? But it's also worth it when we can celebrate those mo monumental lives, especially in entrepreneurship. You know, a lot of of course, social media makes it seem like it's easy and fun when it's like, yeah, it can be easy and fun, but at the same time, it can, it can be, it can be tough. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, and we yeah. have to be more honest with that. Like, you know, we'll get rejected, we'll get ghosted, um, you know, new things come out, uh, out of the zoo, out of the, out of the blue, not, not real, like, you know, you have to be prepared for everything that just life throws at you. Absolutely. I always say entrepreneurship is like the biggest personal development journey. It shows up all your insecurities, all of your fears. You have so, so many things to move through constantly. So yeah, you said. And my last question to you is, do you have a favorite quote or mantra at the moment? Um, I think my favorite quote right now is... I don't know if I have one right now. Usually I, I usually, I usually have affirmations that I tell myself. So I say three affirmations when I'm feeling moments of self-doubt and I just say, I am love, I am enough, and I am worthy. So I keep telling myself that until I feel good about myself. Um, you know, especially as women, we always, our self-worth is always so low and we feel like we're never good enough when in reality, we're more than enough to go out there and make things happen. So just saying those three things to me, to myself really helps me kind of just realize my potential and just keep moving forward. Mm, beautiful. So let's start with your backstory. How did you get to where you are now, becoming a best-selling author, educating people on self-confidence and really being an advocate and a spokesperson for the Asian women community? Yeah, I mean, it really started with my podcast, The Tao of Self-Confidence. In 2015, I was really trying to find resources that catered to Asian women's confidence because I was dealing with my own issues, but I couldn't find any. And so part of me thought something was wrong with me because I was the only one feeling this way. But culturally, we're not told to share how, what we're doing, to share what we're going through. Really, it, we just suffer in silence, right? And when we suffer in silence, that's when we feel like we're not good enough. We go through mental health issues. Um, you know, we just have low self-confidence. So I decided, you know, if I couldn't find something that I'll start it. And representation was also very important for me just because living in Toronto in the 90s, I never saw anybody that looked like me in the media. So I was also ashamed of my own culture. Um, so I started the podcast interviewing all these amazing Asian women, um, been able to interview over 700 Asian women from around the world, from different career backgrounds on the topic of self-confidence. And while I've been able to do that, a part of me still felt like I needed to do more, right? Um, podcasting is great, but it's still a very small platform compared to other forms of media. And so in, in the height of the pandemic, I met a lady online who started a book series called Women Who Boss Up. Um, and when we were talking, she was like, we should do one highlighting Asian women. And I was like, yeah, okay, why not? What's the worst that can happen? We're all stuck at home. We don't know what's going to happen. And so we just made it, we just went ahead, right? We found all the women. Um, you know, we have 18, 18 women in a book sharing their stories of how they're able to forge their own path, overcome obstacles and thrive. And as you can see, you know, having this many Asian women on the front cover is amazing because we don't really have that. 
uh, when you look at the publishing industry, it's still very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's 75% is still, you know, Caucasian, right? So we definitely need more diversity, um, you know, within the publishing industry. And so, you know, we were talking, you know, we were promoting this book, sharing our voice, speaking our truth, especially at the height of the Stop Asian Hate Movement. Um, you know, all the anti-Asian hate was really, you know, frustrating because all these innocent people are getting attacked, you know, all because former President Trump mentioned that, you know, it's China virus or Kung flu or basically using us as a scapegoat. And so every single Asian person was targeted. Even people in the Latin community were being targeted because they get mistaken for Asian. Um, our elderlies, our elderly was being attacked, right? And so it was important to speak up because most of the time when something that traumatic happens to us, we just let it go. We don't say anything thinking if we don't say anything, then it didn't happen. And then, you know, it would just go away, but literally our silence is killing us. And this is why it's so important to speak up, especially for Asian women, because we're two and a half times um, more targeted in anti-Asian hate crimes. Um, you know, so um, being able to have that, this book led us to being interviewed in different parts of the, the world, being able to, uh, really have a voice, being able to inspire other women to speak up, right? Because sometimes you just need to see someone that looks like you, who's been through what you've been through and realize like, it's okay to go out there and speak your voice. It's okay to go out there and make the first move or overcome your fears. Um, and then last year I got approached by Wiley to write this book, uh, The Tale of Self-Confidence, which is now out. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was, it part of me was still scared because, you know, who am I to write a book about leadership, right? And I think we all go through some form of imposter syndrome. It's normal to feel that way. It's normal to feel like, oh, maybe I'm not the person. Oh, are you sure you want me to write it? Um, I had to write this book in less than three months so it can come out um, for this month because May in Canada and America is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So celebrating the achievements. Um, and also in May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. So this book, you know, is is, is, you know, well, is great because it talks about trauma. It talks about the many taboos our culture doesn't talk about and just the many things Asian women go through. And I think it's important to talk about these hard conversations because this it's the only way we can move forward and heal, right? Because sometimes we're not aware that there could be something that's holding us back or a trauma, maybe in our childhood that's holding us back to show up as our best self. I mean, there's a lot of great leadership books out there, but I find they're all like how-to manuals and nobody really gets through to the root cause, mm -hmm. right? Why is it that we feel scared or why is it that we don't feel good enough? Um, you know, sometimes we don't even realize we're not only carrying our own trauma, but the, the trauma of our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, intergenerational trauma is also very prevalent, right? Um, so really talking about these, these things and yeah, being able to now have a platform where I can speak my voice, share what I, my experiences, share the things that we're not taught to, to do, you know, it's, it's, it's been such a crazy um, journey, right? I never, never in my wildest dreams, I think, you know, one of the biggest publishers in the world would reach out to me to write a book about this. Wow. Well, just in the way that you hold yourself and the way you articulate um, your truth, I I can see why they reached out to you. <laughs> and who are you to write a leadership book? A hundred percent. You are the person to write a leadership book, especially for the women that you represent in your culture. I think you, yeah, you just articulate it so beautifully and, Thank you for shedding a lot of light on, on, you know, even speaking about the whole COVID era, which we're kind of still a little bit in <laughs> coming out of, I guess. 
but I never really looked at it like that. Like I didn't, we were all so caught up in our own crap with COVID and um, it because, I guess because it was in front of my mind to be slandering Asians for COVID, it, it just was never, I just never really looked at it that way. So that has been a real eye-opener. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I was really actually shocked when you said women are the the top people to have Asian race crimes against them. So why why women? Why why is this the case? Yeah. I mean, I think it's also the negative stereotypes Asian women in general face. You know, most of the time we're seen as quiet and submissive and never make any noise. We're treated as sex objects. Um, and it's the reason why in the United States, we have one of the lowest representation when it comes to management roles in corporate. Um, you know, in 2021, they mentioned it was 2.7%. And then late last year, it actually dropped 80%. So we're literally left with nothing. Um, another thing we're seen as too, you know, most people think, well, because we don't say anything or because we're silent, we have no emotions or we're robots. So whatever happens to us, to them, there's no consequence because we don't feel anything. And so this is why speaking up is so important, having emotions, showing them, you know, we, we don't want, you know, we don't want this crap, right? We, we don't want you to think we're sex objects. You know, it's, I want, I don't, I want, you know, one of the things I really want to do is dismantle this negative stereotype right? Being seen as quiet, being seen as submissive. Because of that, you know, like human trafficking is very, very prevalent in Asia. Um, also having like Asian male order brides is also prevalent. They think, you know, we're just items that they can order on a catalog, um, which is not right, <laughs> first of all. So like, there's just so many factors, but yeah, like the negative stereotype is one of the main things, right? And also sexualizing Asian women. Um, we need to stop that. We need to dismantle it so we can show up as the person we're supposed to be as a leader and we can fight back and stand up for ourselves. You know, it, it pains me to see when uh, mainstream media never talks about what happens to the victim of a hate crime, but always, you know, humanizes the attacker, constantly it's always like well he was having a bad day well his childhood wasn't great he was going through mental health issues and it's like well we go through that too it doesn't mean we're going to go out there and shoot people or attack people or follow people to their home and kill them in their apartment but you know why are you giving this person an excuse um i remember there was a crime in new york where a lady was walking home to her condo and a, a person followed her into her condo and murdered her inside her condo um, and when I shared that on social media, one person commented asking me, well, why is she walking home late at night by herself? And I'm like, excuse me? Like, oh my God. first of all, first of all, every woman should feel safe in their own city. Okay. Like it doesn't matter what time of the day. Yeah. Of course we have to be aware of our surroundings, but you know, we shouldn't have to fear living in our own city. Right. And this is what's happening now in the United States, especially in cities like New York city and Oakland and um, parts of California. Like they're afraid to walk home at night. They're afraid to go on the subway because they become a target for that. Um, so, you know, that's another thing when we are the victims, you know, we get blamed for it. You know, there was a two years ago, there was a mass shooting in Atlanta where this guy went to three different spas, killed eight people. Six of them were Asian women. And instead of, you know, talking about what happened to the women, they were constantly talking about the guy, you know, saying he had a bad day, um, you know, and then the, and then mainstream media was basically saying, well, you know, these women are sex workers and sex workers are not, they're human. They didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes they're even forced into that, right? Like coming from 
Asia, telling them the American dream, and then they get forced into something they're not supposed to do. We don't really know what the situation is. We just know that these women are innocent. They're doing the best that they can, and we shouldn't judge them. And it's just, it's unfortunate that that's how we're seen. It's like, well, you know, they're, se- you know, they're, they're sex workers. That's why, that's probably why he targeted them. No, I mean, if, if, if there were really, if that's his real reason, there was actually a strip club across the street and they, he didn't go into that, <laughs> right? Um, if that was his real reason, but this is what happens, right? And it took so long to even say the names of the people who were, who were killed, right? Never said anything. Nobody t- talks about, you know, what the family is going through, the trauma from that, the PTSD. I mean, that's all going to hurt, you know, their families, right? Um, even a couple of weeks back, there was a huge shooting in Texas inside an outlet mall. Um, and this Korean family with two sons, one was three and the other six, they went to the mall to exchange gifts for their sons. Um, but three three out of the four members were shot and killed. The The youngest one was three years old. And now the six-year-old boy is left with no family because they were all killed during that mass shooting. It's so, it's so crazy, you know, to hear these things and nobody, you know, the, like, there's not a lot of media coverage and there's still not really a lot of media coverage. There's a, you know, thank God for social media who go out there and tell us what's happening. Cause if not, we wouldn't know what's happening. Um, even here in Canada, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, Canadians are nice, Racism doesn't happen in Canada. And I'm like, racism happens everywhere, right? Um, It happens everywhere. You know, my own aunt was walking along downtown Toronto and someone spat on her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So all these things happen and nobody talks about it thinking like, we're okay because we don't say anything. We're quiet. We're the model citizen. Mm -hmm. But these things really hurt us because we're constantly getting targeted. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so glad that you were speaking up and I'm so grateful that you've come to share this message because honestly, like I'm in Australia, I'm not in America and I don't know about all of those things that happen, but here in Australia, like it is a very racist country. I'm not exposed to it. I don't see it. So I can become very naive to it, but I know we, because we're not as multicultural, we're quite a new country as a lot of other countries we are very racist. It's just, I don't personally um, see a lot of it because maybe I'm just in my own little bubble. And I was out actually the other night, my girlfriend, I've got a lot of Asian girlfriends and I was just, I was the only non-Asian girlfriend. And to me, they're just my Australian friends. Like, Yeah, they're your friends. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just they're, your girlfriends you're hanging out with. Yeah, and we actually, well, I haven't spoken to them this about this topic to them so I'm not sure um, from their perspective how they feel about it but I am really happy for you to be sharing this with us because it has really opened up my eyes and my naivety around um, the racism towards Asians for sure so thank you for sharing that Um, you do you do come off very confident and you have spoken about the stereotype typical Asian woman being seen as quiet, submissive, or just seen as a sex object. How would you like to change that to let people know what an Asian woman really is? I mean, obviously they're all different. We're all, all humans are different. We have all different um, desires. We have different passions and aspirations. But just for those people who are narrow-minded and are seeing an Asian woman in this stereotypical way, 
what would you like to say to them like about how the truth and the true essence of how Asian women really are? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why media is so important, you know, being able to dismantle that narrative that we're quiet, submissive, and obedient, like being able to have the podcast and interviewing so many Asian women who have different backgrounds who have been through rape or domestic violence or cancer or bankruptcy and or jail, right, or drug addiction and be able to overcome that. Um, realizing, you know, we're powerful human beings like everybody else, you know, we're not just a stereotype. Um, and just being able to help people just show up as their authentic self. I know it's easier said than done. And it may seem like I'm confident, but there's still days where I'm not confident, right? Of course, or I, I'm going through anxiety, or I get scared. And sometimes we just got to go up there and do it scared, right? Because um, if not, how are we going to grow? Like, I remember, I got interviewed for a huge network in China. Um, you know, when I looked at their Facebook page, they had a, about 110 million followers. And I wanted to like have a heart attack because I was like, oh my God, that's so many people. Um, and it was on, you know, like the busiest time was like a primetime news network, a new show. And then the the host was like some award-winning host. And for one moment, I, I blanked out maybe for like a couple seconds on national Chinese TV. Um, Cause I like, didn't know what he, like the question I couldn't, I could, I just couldn't answer it. I'm just like, like blank. And if he didn't have a follow-up question, it would have been a lot of work, a lot worse, but I made, I made it through till the end. I didn't die. I'm still here. And I realized if that was the worst that can happen, I mean, I can literally conquer everything. And at sometimes, you know, I always say like being fearless, isn't about not having fears. It's about feeling that fear and doing it anyway. Right. Even the biggest like celebrities in the world, they go through fear, they go through imposter syndrome, they go through anxiety, but they also utilize that to help them move forward. Mm. So was there a switch for you in your life where you were, um, you did lack a lot of confidence and you knew you had to change it and you worked on certain tools or a certain process to change your confidence? And, and why did you have that realization? Yeah. I mean, even though I had a podcast about confidence, I mean, I had the least confidence, like the first five years, I was pretty lost. I still didn't really know what to do with it. Like I have this platform, I know it's going somewhere, but at the same time, I didn't know what, and then culturally we're not told to ask for help, right? We shouldn't be asking for help. It's seen as a sign of weakness or a handout. So I tried to do everything myself. And because of that, I delayed my own success. And it wasn't until I worked um, on the book where I realized we have to do things together. We have to be okay to ask for help because that's how we can grow and get our confidence faster and solve these big problems that women still face today. You know, collaboration is important, having a community, having support, being okay to ask for help. That was really what helped me because I re then I realized I'm not the only one doing things, right? Or I'm not the only one who's feeling the way I'm feeling. We're all doing this together. We all have the same fears and anxieties. And so if I see them doing it, knowing what they're feeling, then it helps me also realize if they can do it, so can I. In, in, you know, in the end, representation just shows you what's possible, right? Um, it can just show you what's possible to go out there and make a name for yourself, to live your dream life to live a successful life and successful means whatever that, you know, it, there's no one definition, whatever that means for you, you know, that could mean like living in the hut in the middle of the ocean, right. Or, um, or, or, you know, going to the, the mall on a Wednesday because there's no people. <laughs> so, yeah. And you've mentioned, um, cultural taboos, 
a few times. How, what are these cultural taboos that are influencing women to have less confidence within themselves? Well, yeah, I mean, mental health is a huge cultural taboo. You know, a lot of people, especially the older generation, they don't think it exists or it's not real. And so if someone's going through a mental health issue, it's either, um, you know, they just ignore it thinking it'll go away or they'll do the other extreme where they just put you in a mental institution because they don't know how to deal with it or they don't want to have to deal with it. So normalizing mental health is really important because, you know, there's always pressure to be the best, go to the best school, be the best person, you know, especially when you're in Asian culture, they're always comparing you to somebody else. So my kid got straight A's and my kid's valedictorian, my kid's wedding's better. And, you know, that pressure can be a lot, right? And feeling like you have to be the best at everything when you don't have to. Also for women, especially, we're always told to take care of everyone else and we forget to take care of the, the most important person, which is ourselves. So we become the biggest people pleasers. And we always want to please everybody to feel accepted, to feel our self-worth. Um, you know, we're culturally told to just live one way, right? Because they think that was the formula to living a successful life, not realizing that just hurts us. So even there's certain traditions, you know, that really hurt women um, and we never question it. So it's like, why are we doing these certain traditions when it doesn't help us? And, you know, we never get a straight answer. It's always like, because it's tradition, but sometimes we just have to question some of the things we're doing and why it's hurting us. Like if you look at history in different parts of Asia, um, you know, in China, men were allowed to have multiple wives and, and concubines, um, you know, in India, child marriage is very prevalent. Uh, also, also, um, if you're a widow in India, India, you're considered an outcast. Um, you know, there's just so many things, even in Japan, women are treated unfairly, um, in China, if you're 25 and over, you're literally called a leftover. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> even though they have a great career, good job. They're still called a leftover because you're not married. That's another thing. It's like, if you're not, if you're not married at a certain age, you know, you're like an outcast, right? Something's wrong with you. And so, you know, it's like, you have to have, you have to get married. You have to have, the, you have to have kids. You have to do this. Like, there's just so many expectations um, that it makes us go crazy. Right. And if we don't have an outlet to let out that frustration, then, you know, we end up having more issues mentally, physically, having low self-confidence and we're going to feel like we're not good enough. Mm, absolutely. And with all of the, the many women that you've interviewed on your podcast, have you seen a common theme that is that either triggered their low self-confidence? So I know we've just spoke about those cultural taboos, but is there a common theme for the women you see that have triggered their low confidence and have helped reshape them into more confident women? Yeah. One of the things, you know, there's two different things I've noticed. Uh, self-love or self-care is really important. And that's something we're not taught to do. Um, and having gratitude, right? A lot of them have gratitude journals or just say three things that they're grateful for. Um, having unconditional self-love. And so, you know, that means loving yourself, the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Being Becoming your own best friend, knowing that, you know, you can go out there and make things happen because, you know, if, when you're going through one challenge after another, after another, I mean, you hit a boiling point where you're like, oh, okay, things need to change. I need to do something different. Um, when a woman finally sees her worth, she's going to go out there and make it happen regardless of the circumstances. Um, cause now she finally believes in herself. 
And having that belief in yourself is so important. I know it may sound cheesy or it feels like a broken record, but it's so true. You really, really have to believe in yourself or else you're not going to go out there and make the, the changes you want to see or take the necessary actions to live life according to your terms. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And you have a three-step process to building self-confidence. Could you share a little bit more about this? Yeah. So, um, so my three-step process is the first step of course is believing in yourself because that's really important. If you don't have that innate belief in yourself, you're not going to go out there and do it. Right. And having that belief means that, you know, it's going to happen. Nobody, no matter how many times you're going to fall down, um, no matter, no matter how much challenges and pushback happens to you, you just know you'll make it happen. So that's step one. Step two is educate yourself. You know, of course, um, when I used to, you know, I used to think self be to be self-confident, you had to be loud and boisterous and be everywhere, not realizing that's not really confidence, you know, um, being confident is really just being yourself. So you can be an introvert and still be confident. Uh, so of course, you know, you learn different ways to build your confidence because what may work for me might not work for you. So it's all trial and error, right? If reading books isn't your thing, maybe listening to audio books is, or if you don't like to meditate, go out for a jog, right? At least you know what you will like and not like. So that's the second step. And third, of course, is taking action, right? Nothing happens unless you take action. In fact, one of the main reasons why women in general have low self-confidence is due to inaction. And that makes sense because I used to resist and delay myself all the time. And then I would feel like the biggest loser in the world. So this is why taking action is so important. Even if it's just one step forward, right? It's one step forward towards the right direction. Um, so that, you know, confidence comes from taking action, just going out there and making things happen. Mm -hmm. And what do you think um, the contributing factors are to the gender gap in confidence. So women's confidence versus men having confidence. So I think, you know, as women, we always want everything to be perfect, right? Um, we will always overthink a lot of things. We always over-prepare. And so we keep over-preparing or waiting for that perfect moment, not realizing there's no such thing. Men, men just go out there and just figure it out as they go. You know, they might be 20% ready and they'll just go out there and do it. And when, and if they get rejected, they don't care because at least they have an answer and they went for it and there's no regrets. So as women, um, you know, we have to learn to just figure it out along the way. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, like, like look at, um, Elon Musk, right? He bought Twitter half the time. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just figuring things out as he goes. This billionaire has no freaking clue what he's doing, right? You look at his his tweets. He's just literally figuring it as he goes, right? He's like, if this doesn't work, then this, this will work. If this guy can't do it, I'll find another guy. And so, and that's how he gets results because he just is trial and error, error for, for, for him on everything, right? And he doesn't care if he makes a mistake because at least he's doing something, whether you like him or not, you know, some of him, some people might find him crazy. I mean, I mean, I don't agree with half the things he does, but I do appreciate that he just goes out there and makes figures it out as he goes. And so as women, you know, we're so resourceful. We're the, we're so resourceful, especially if you have kids. I mean, you will figure things out as you go. And that's really what most moms do. They just figure things out, meal prepping, figuring their schedules, trying to figure out how to pick them up, take them to the soccer practice, feed dinner and all kinds of things. Right. So the more we can just learn to figure it out as we go, that's, we can build confidence and get 
results. Will we make mistakes? Yeah, of course. I still make a lot of mistakes. Will we fail? Well, failure isn't really failure. It's really just feedback. You just figured out something that didn't work and you move on to the next. Mm. Um, and as we learn to just do things as we go, that's how we can build our confidence and eliminate this gap that we still go through. Mm. Yeah, I think women, they care too much of what everybody else thinks of them. And I feel that is one good thing about entrepreneurship that has helped me because I I really felt that I was a people pleaser. I cared so much what people thought about me. And even, you know, rocking up and doing these podcasts and going live, I was still like, you know, in the earlier parts of my business was always so anxious and nervous about doing it, but I'm an action taker. So I still did it because I knew that by taking action, clarity comes out of that. And it does help build your confidence, but it's hard. Like you, you putting yourself out there to be judged, right? There's going to yeah. be people listening to this or watching this going, you know, judging both of us yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you just and- have to accept that. Yeah. It's- it's part of it. But um, yeah, for many women, that is that is really, really scary. So do you have any advice to just get over that that first part of the fear where they, they want to step out into their power, they want to speak their truth, and they know that if they actually take action, it will it won't be easy, but the more they do it, it will help them. But how do they actually get to making that first step, like tweaking their confidence just enough to do it? Well, everyone's different. And I think we always feel like we have to do everything ourselves. Yeah. You can ask for help. You can have someone push you to take that first step, right? You hire a coach, you hire an accountability partner, you join a women's group, you listen to podcasts like this or read books. Um, you know, being able to to be open to that helps you move forward, right? Um, especially if there's someone telling you, I'm just going to push you off the cliff, right? And then you just do it. And once you do it, you're like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I think. So this is why I say it's okay to ask for help. Like asking for help will really jumpstart your confidence, especially if, you know, you're really scared, right? Like you're really scared, sweaty palms, stuttering, you know, knots in your stomach. This is when you need to ask for help because if you can't do it alone, then be okay with that, right? Like we, we shouldn't be able, we should be able to ask for help. And as women, we crave support, but we're too afraid to ask for it. Um, if you see men, they're always helping each other out. They're always like collaborating on stuff. So women should do the same thing. Absolutely. And I always um, tell my students, what is like the smallest step that you can take to yep. get towards your goals? So if, you know, you want to go on a podcast, but that is just like so scary, putting yourself out there on a podcast, not knowing what questions you're going to be asked or feeling that imposter syndrome come up, then what could you do that's still getting you recording, getting you in front of a camera? And that might be literally jumping on live on Facebook in the middle of the day when no one's looking and doing one minute, but just so you've done it and then deleting the video after. Just like a one little step that can get you speaking in front of a camera and it could last literally no longer than a minute, but it's, it's that first step. Because if you do that every day for like a couple of weeks, your confidence will grow. For sure. And it's always those small daily actionable steps that yield the great results. Yes, a hundred percent. So I'd love to talk more about the Tao of self-confidence. That is such a, a wonderful title. I really love that. Can you explain more about the Tao first? Yeah. I mean, um, when I was, when I was figuring out what my podcast was going to be, right. 
I had, you know, I was trying to be clever at the time. So I was going to actually call it the stripper with a tagline to strip your limiting beliefs away. I had someone do the graphic and it was literally a silhouette of a stripper with a whip. And thank God I invested in like this mastermind for podcasting because when I shared that, they were like, I think you might attract the wrong audience. (laughs) So I was like, oh my God, if I can't even get the title right, like I'm a failure. And so I really had to just step back and get clear on what, why I wanted to do this. Um, And I was looking at, you know, back then it was iTunes or didn't have Apple podcasts. And I saw a lot of people going like the art of the art of, I was like, oh, that's cool. But it's like, I don't want to be another person who's the art of. And then I saw the the word Tao um, and what it meant, right? Which meant the way. And so I love that. It's like the way to self-confidence and each person has their own way to self-confidence, right? Being able to learn different ways to build it was really important. There's no one size fits all. There's at least going to be one story that you can relate to that can propel you to your greatness. Mm, beautiful. I love that. And tell us a little bit more about your book in general. Like I know it's obviously about self-confidence and moving past trauma and awakening your own inner self and having that confidence. But how, yeah, how does this sort of book get you to to implement that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really like learning to figure out the root cause, right? So of course, talking about things we're not able to talk about or that's considered taboo. So there's a lot in the book, right? Like one of the things we have is the model minority myth where Asian people are seen as successful and don't need help from anybody or we're seen as the model citizen. And that really hurts us, right? Because we feel like we have to live by the standard that one man decided to say back in like 1960 something. And that hurts our mental health. Um, People don't realize there's a huge income disparity within Asian cultures. Um, You know, there's just so many things, things like that, trauma, just things Asian women face, Um, you know, really unpack a lot of the stuff. It's important to unpack the hard conversations and then trying to find solutions, right? How can we heal through a trauma? Um, you know, talking about, you know, maybe talking to a mental health therapist, or um, if you're in a spiritual realm, you know, learning to um, open up your chakras, right? Because that's important. Or, um, you know, even if something is like maybe watching K-dramas, right? (laughs) So it all depends on what that looks like. And of of course, talking about self-love, because that's something not even in schools to teach us, right? Self-care. And we really have to learn to take care of ourselves so we can move forward. So it's really a guide that people can you know, use, you know, by the stories that I have, the information, the actionable steps that they can take so they can be the best leader that they can be because they really need to have the right mindset so we can overcome, you know, or solve, eradicate the big problems we still face today. It's kind of like if you want to learn karate, but mentally you're always saying you're the worst karate person in the world, no matter how many times I'm going to show you that kick, you're not going to do it because you just think you suck right? You're not telling yourself that you're the best. You're going to go out there and be the best. You're going to give the best kick ever and that you will practice till that day you give the best, best kick in the world. So um, it's especially in the world that we're in, it's very chaotic right now. Um, And I realized that, you know, we just all need to learn to heal from our traumas, right? Healing is so important. Um, I I remember in the book, I talk about, there was a a girls facility, like a juvenile facility in Hawaii, and they have zero attendance because 
what they did was they taught the girls to learn to heal about healing versus like, you know, doing what they do normally. And because of that, they have zero attendance. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, it is. Very, yeah. The mind is such a powerful tool. And when you have, when you have the tools, you've been taught to use and utilize these tools, then we can really start to cultivate more self-awareness about ourselves and our traumas and see it through a different lens as opposed to stepping away from that sort of victim mentality of of that trauma happened to me and I identify with that when we have this new way of thinking about it and and the support to help us through it we can really move through it with grace and it doesn't mean that you ignore forget and it was never there it's it's still part yeah. of the journey and your story but as you were mentioned earlier on in the podcast like you talked about shame so being able to release any shame that you have from any traumas or any shame that you have from not being able to speak your truth I think that is also a really important piece of the puzzle in being able to build and cultivate more self-confidence and self-awareness because when you have those pieces when you have the confidence when you have the awareness it really it really equals self-empowerment and with self-empowerment you have that infinite possibilities about you so I love I absolutely love the work that you're doing and this book sounds so beautiful for any woman who wants to build their own self-confidence but I also feel that it's a really important book for cultural awareness too and I I think that out of this conversation that I've had with you it's really opened my eyes up to to the, the cultural aspects of, of confidence and self-confidence and lack of confidence. So I really thank you for that and, and being vulnerable and being open and sharing that from, from your perspective, because as, you know, as a woman, I can understand it from a, a woman's perspective, you know, but I'm not Asian, so I can't understand it from an Asian perspective. So I think that is really important to be able to listen to, to different women of different cultures and really really understand what they're saying and empathize with what they're going through by hearing their stories so I really really thank you for that yeah same here I'm grateful to be here just be able to share the book and my story and just you know just the different things when it comes to our culture and confidence yeah amazing and so where can the listeners find your book yeah for sure so it's actually out on all major book retailers i know there's also one in australia and new zealand i just i know it's a, a well-known one but it's also available on amazon um and and or they can go through my website www.sheenayapchan.com they can also order the book there i also have a free quiz for everyone where they can unlock their confidence personality so it's a very you know it's like a five question quiz and you get the results right away but yeah they it's all it's available now in all major book retailers that's amazing. And your podcast is. Yeah, it's also available on all major podcasting yeah. platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. You can also go to my website, thetileofselfconfidence.com. You can check out past episodes there as well um, and some resources that I have that you can check out as well. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I will pop your um, links in the show notes as well on, on my website. So thank you. Thank you once again for sharing all of this. It's been amazing to talk with you. Of course. Thank you again for having me. It's been such an honor. You're welcome.
If you missed the intro and jump straight to the episode, don't forget that my Ayurveda Alchemist program is open for enrollment via application. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach and will help you up-level your health and wellness business. You'll gain access to the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and graduate with a knowledge of how to incorporate this timeless wisdom and holistic framework into your business so that you can create greater impact and boldly step into the high-level practitioner you know you can be. If you are ready to up-level your life and help transform the life of others by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, head over to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au and apply today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and staying right to the end. Let's take our relationship a little further and connect in the world of socials. Follow me personally on Instagram at harmony.inspired.ayurveda. My women's health clinic on Instagram is harmony underscore inspired underscore health or join our Facebook community, the Ayurvedic Soul Sister Tribe. Reach out on any of those channels and let me know if you enjoyed the episode, what type of episodes you would like to hear more of in the future, or simply just swing by and say hi. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much, my friends, from my soul to yours.